Hi there friends and welcome to Desktops in the Cloud, your new technical driven video podcast with guest speakers from Microsoft Engineering and as well the worldwide virtual desktop communities. And the feedback from our first episode has been way above our expectations. And if you're interested in participating in an episode, feel free to ping us on social media or our website, desktopsinthecloud.com. So for the second episode, we have the privilege to have Microsoft MVP and community friend, Freak Bearson as a guest, showing us things that you never have seen before with WVD. So hi, Freak, how are you? I'm good, thanks. And uh, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be on this second uh, episode. So uh, yeah, looking forward to this uh, discussion and uh, demo. Yeah, it's, 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 it's great to have you. You are our uh, yeah, official second community speaker. So um, yeah, can you tell a little bit about yourself, about your role, uh, what you do in your daily job? Um... Sure, yeah. So my name is Fake Bersum. Uh, I'm from the Netherlands. I uh, well, primarily focus on anything that's related to application and desktop uh, delivery using remoting uh, technology. Um, so it's what I enjoy uh, doing. I've been in this space uh, for many years. And I enjoy being both on the architectural side as well as doing actual technical implementations, uh, deep dives into technical uh, issues. Uh, that's what I love to do uh, as well. And uh, yeah, excited to be here uh, to share some of my uh, experience uh, with you guys uh, today. Yeah, so for, for the viewers that don't know what an MVP is or what your specialization in the MVP space is, can you tell a little bit more about that and how long you uh, already are like an MVP? Yeah, so I have been an MVP since 2011, so it's all close to 10 years uh, now. And uh, it's on the remote desktop service uh, specialty, so often to many of the evolutions of RDS uh, since many years. And uh, well, I have a close connection to many of the people uh, of the product teams uh, in Redmond, uh, discussing uh, new features that are coming up, uh, providing feedback, and having the privilege of testing uh, early releases uh, on uh, what's coming. So uh, yeah, so. You know, I got that MVP apart uh, awards based on uh, things that I do back for the community. So I like to share my knowledge in terms of uh, writing articles or doing videos or pr presenting sessions at conferences uh, uh, to share some of my knowledge back to uh, back to the community. So uh, I enjoy doing that. So uh, yeah, it's a privilege. So Frank, can you share with us a little bit just to level set the audience to as well as uh, uh, your your background into WVD, how you've seen the service evolve and, and where you see it today? Sure, yeah. So uh, when I think about Windows Virtual Desktop, to me it is all about being able to publish applications and desktops uh, to the end user based on a remoting, uh, a remoting protocol. Uh, but when you think about that, that's not new technology, right? We've been doing that for many years, uh, for two decades uh, even. So if you go all the way back to uh, you know, the earlier releases of uh, Windows NT and Windows Server 2000 Terminal Server Edition, we were already publishing desktops to the end user uh, back then. Hopefully they do not look anything like the desktop uh, we're using in WD today. Uh, but the concept, uh, you know, the concept is the same. Uh, so I've seen that evolve into remote desktop services and really brief into something that was called Azure Remote App, if you're still uh, familiar with that, and then transitioning into uh, RD 2.0 and RDMI, remote desktop modern infrastructure, which already got a lot of uh, attention back then to finally what you know as Windows Virtual Desktop uh, today. So, uh, but what I think is, is different about Windows Virtual Desktop uh, when you compare it to all of its uh, uh, predecessors is that uh, WD uh, allows you to change your focus. So it means that uh, a big part of the Windows Virtual Desktop service is now a platform as a service model. 
uh, instead of IaaS virtual machines that you need to manage and maintain and update. Um, you can change your focus now on uh, what's really important, which is the end user experience. So how do we make sure that the perceived end user experience is good? How do we optimize uh, our images and our applications? It's all uh, focusing now on the actual session host, which has become really uh, important. Um, so that's, I've seen that as a huge uh, change uh, uh, of focus for uh, customers that I'm uh, working with. Uh, and as well, I see a, a different uh, focus change for the cloud integrators and the system integrators who are helping their customers move towards Windows Virtual Desktop because, again, you know, since they do not have to focus on all of those IaaS parts, uh, they can focus now on what's important for them, which, uh, in my opinion, should be automation. So uh, I believe that any uh, project you do or any implementation you do in Azure should be based on automation, uh, whether it's uh, ARM templates or REST API or whether PowerShell is your favorite uh, tool. If you use any form of automation that can really help you uh, really benefit from, uh, from the Azure Cloud in general and also from, uh, from Windows Virtual Desktop. So yeah, I enjoy seeing uh, where it came from and what it is uh, today. So uh, there has been a huge attention uh, obviously uh, for I think at least uh, the, the past year. Yeah, agreed. Uh, automation is definitely uh, how you maximize all your benefits and usage in the cloud. But I, I want to go back to what you said just a minute ago about customer experience. Can you tell us what you're seeing as the customer experiences and how they're using WVD? Yeah, so uh, we basically see two different ways of using Windows Virtual Desktop for our customers. We have the customers that are leveraging the full desktop uh, scenario, so publishing a full desktop, including all of the applications to the end user. And we also see the remote app scenario still where we're not publishing a full desktop, but individual uh, remote apps or a set of remote apps uh, to the end user. Uh, what we see happening is that there are organizations that say uh, our vision about the modern workplace uh, is a physical device. Uh, the physical device is joined to Azure AD and managed by Microsoft Intune. And uh, from that device, the user is able to access all of his uh, SaaS applications and web-based applications and apps from the App Store because all of these applications were already transformed by these application vendors. Uh, but they always have uh, a handful, a two handful, or maybe a hundred uh, Windows applications, or traditional Windows applications uh, that are in uh, an MSI format or an executable or a network. Uh, and most often uh, require an application backend and need to be close to the application backend to, in order to get the best uh, performance. So those customers are using WVD to complete their modern workplace story by providing those remote apps and integrate them into uh, their physical device, uh, so their primary desktop. That's one scenario that we see. And the other one is the full desktop scenario where organizations, um, for example, are using uh, thin clients or using shared devices or kiosk mode or have uh, like really high um, requirements in terms of uh, developers or uh, R&D people who really need that full desktop. Uh, for those scenarios, uh, we tend to use full desktop scenario that includes all of the applications. So that means that the uh, primary desktop of the user is not no longer the physical device, but the device device in, uh, in Windows Virtual Desktop. So that's the two scenarios uh, we are we are seeing. And so obviously Windows Virtual Desktop got a huge uh, attention uh, in 2019. Uh, and this is something that I shared uh, here, it's almost a year ago uh, already. I think you both were there in person uh, as well uh, to sort of capture the, um, the evolution of Windows Virtual Desktop over the back then uh, past two years. Uh, so we've seen a lot of attention, uh, even when it was still into RDMI preview, then became 
Windows Virtual Desktop uh, during Ignite 2019. And there was a lot of attention during the last Ignite uh, event, not only from from Microsoft uh, presenters, uh, you know, um, links uh, during the keynotes presentations, but also, but also a lot of ecosystem partners who were focusing on their solution and adding value on top of Windows Virtual Desktop uh, as well. So, and obviously we then were all uh, the COVID situation uh, at the beginning of uh, this year, which out to us because they suddenly realized uh, we don't have a work from home uh, um, solution for all of our uh, employees or all of our applications or all of our personas or use cases. So uh, we've done a lot of effort to help those organizations move to, uh, to Windows Virtual Desktop to allow them to uh, well, provide a work from home experience uh, during these uh, these crazy times, right? So, yeah, that's that's how we're experiencing LWPD uh, over the past year, I think. Yeah, that's that's a great story, and, and I I can definitely remember the moment while we uh, released WPD to the public, and that was as well the conference where I, I get to meet Dean face to face. Uh, so I remember that uh, sitting that's in front great. of the Microsoft yep. Mechanics video. Uh, live audience there. Uh, so um, just just regarding those use cases that you just called out, um, what about like uh, taking to the next level? Uh, we promised something in the opening, uh, yeah, in the opening section, right? So what about design applications like high-end applications and yeah, things like that? Can you share some some information about that? Yeah, sure, happy to. So. When we're talking about design applications, uh, many people often uh, refer to that as uh, the high-end uh, graphics applications, so the CAD-CAM applications, the design applications that really require that GPU uh, to work and basically do not even launch if there is no GPU uh, available. Uh, but many people do not realize that many other applications also benefit from, uh, from a GPU. In fact, even quote-unquote simple applications like your Office Suite or your web browser or your uh, Adobe Suite, for example, they leverage from that GPU and are able to offload uh, some of that CPU uh, as well. So it's interesting when we have discussions with customers who have uh, an on-prem environment and we're helping them uh, move that workload, move those applications towards Windows Virtual Desktop, they now suddenly um, run into discussions on whether or not to use a GPU inside Windows Virtual Desktop which is strange because all of their physical devices have GPU. Uh, in fact, if you would go to uh, an average uh, hardware store, uh, computer hardware store, or well, probably during this time you would order them online, uh, but you will not be able to find a uh, recent laptop without a GPU. So indicating that it's it's coming technology uh, right now, but still it's a discussion when you're moving towards Windows Virtual Desktop. Uh, but I, of course, also do realize that a big part of that discussion is cost, right? An NV uh, machine, the only one we had uh, available for uh, for you know the past uh, period before the latest AMD uh, machines. These are expensive machines. If you have uh, like 50 uh, NV6 machines uh, running 24/7, um, there will be a huge uh, energy consumption bill at the end of the month. Um, obviously, you can do scaling to to sort of overcome uh, that, but the cost for these machines uh, is huge. So. Um, but luckily, uh, AMD now also provides another virtual machine inside Azure, the AS uh, series, which is able to provide uh, like a, a fraction of a GPU, like uh, half a GPU or one-fourth or one-eighth of a GPU to really support those uh, scenarios that are not like a graphics-intensive application, uh, but still being able to leverage uh, from that GPU. So I would really encourage uh, customers and other partners to uh, to evaluate those uh, those VM sizes, to test them and benchmarking to see 
if that also provides benefits for their uh, specific application landscape. And so to give you an example, I have a couple of uh, educational uh, customers. And these are, well, your traditional education uh, buildings, right? Huge buildings with cl physical classrooms and physical uh, machines. And these customers, they are also using physical hardware and physical GPUs inside their uh, classroom PCs. And the reason is that they are uh, teaching their students to work with these design applications. Uh, so the CAD CAM applications, the Google SketchUps, uh, the Adobe Suites, uh, they're using that on those physical uh, devices. Uh, so they were also hit by COVID-19, obviously, at the beginning uh, of this year, which, which for them meant a, uh, a full lockdown of the entire school. So suddenly, from one day to another, they did not have access to all of those uh, GPU-empowered uh, machines. They were not able to teach those lessons and have students attend those lessons or provide them with the ability to even do their homework. So we decided to help them out with Windows Virtual Desktop and provide them with, uh, with a, a GPU-empowered host pool to publish their, um, their, um, sorry, their design-heavy uh, applications. I'll show you uh, today is uh, using uh, Google SketchUp uh, inside Windows Virtual Desktop. Uh, and on top of that, we're also going to leverage uh, the new technology MSIX AppAttach. So not only will we be uh, leveraging the uh, SketchUp application inside that uh, VM inside uh, WVD, we'll also be live attaching that application uh, to the end user without even installing it uh, on it. So let's take a look. So this is my Windows Virtual Desktop uh, client. And if I scroll down and open a, a GPU-empowered uh, machine, in this case, it's the NV6 uh, machine, uh, we can see that uh, we have that great, uh, well, the connection properties uh, available. Uh, but more importantly, if we go to uh, the control panel on this machine, we can clearly tell that there's no uh, Google SketchUp available. So and also, if we go to the Start menu, we start searching for uh, SketchUp. Uh, there's no SketchUp uh, available here. So let's now on the fly uh, attach the Google SketchUp application uh, for this user by simulating the staging and attaching process uh, of this application. Again, we do not have the time to go over those details, but it basically makes the available uh, makes the application available to the end user uh, instantly without installing it. So now revisiting the Start menu, if you go to look for a SketchUp, is actually there. So we open it up, uh, and it has the look and feel of any MSIX native uh, application, because this application was being transformed by the uh, transformation tool. Obviously, I have to do a couple of trial things here, because I didn't purchase that application for this demo. Uh, but as you can see, I can open up a model, and I can start uh, to interact with it. Um, so once we zoom into this uh, 3D uh, world here, we can see that uh, the performance is pretty good. So without having a, um, a really a beefy machine on uh, the client side, we are able to access these applications. Uh, and they were able to, um, uh, to use these applications and continue their lessons and continue uh, the ability for students to access uh, uh, these machines to perform uh, well their tasks and their homework uh, to be able to, uh, to continue their school. So it's, so it's uh, good to see that, uh, you know, besides the performance, uh, it also is able to, to attach it on the fly uh, really quick. Just to show you real quick that it is, in fact, attached. Here is that, uh, that disk uh, that contains the Google SketchUp uh, application. And if we now go to the share where that application is hosted, we can see that there's a VHD file there indicating that it was uh, attached uh, on the fly. So similar to attaching, we can also, of course, uh, detach it. Uh, we're simulating that using this uh, PowerShell script here for detaching the application, the MSIX, from the operating system, and then uh, destaging it so that it isn't available for the user anymore. So the application is now gone again. 
So just to give you an example on how, uh, so in this case, are leveraging GPU, uh, leveraging the power and the flexibility of the cloud to provide their students uh, a way to continue uh, their school and their working and, uh, and their lessons. Yeah, that, that's really cool. And, and we obviously see that as well, other customers doing doing the same thing, but it's great to hear it directly from uh, yeah from one of our uh, partners. So um, so this is all like pretty realistic, why right, to a use case. So let's um, yeah take this to the next level even more and yeah do some, yeah, how you call it, like play hard scenarios, right? Can you share something to yeah, increase even more like the uh, the research consumption of your Windows for Test <laughs> environment. So I have uh, already opened it up uh, here, and uh, the game that we're playing uh, first is uh, Command and Conquer, and this is the remastered edition of uh, the game. Uh, if you're familiar with the original game, it was released in 1995, but it was recently being remastered with uh, better graphics and better audio, uh, and um, to give the user uh, a new rebranded version, the remastered version of the original game. So once it, uh, it opens up, uh, you can always see that uh, there's a pretty good experience even uh, for this intro uh, right now. Uh, but let's go ahead and, uh, and launch uh, the actual game here to see some of the gameplay. So right now we're playing uh, Command and Conquer uh, from within our Windows Virtual Desktop uh, session, and again, leveraging the GPU. So in this case, we are uh, using that NT6 uh, machine again, which is uh, well probably even way more powerful than uh, than what is needed for this game, but as you can see, uh, it's a fluent experience. It's the gameplay that uh, we're all used to. Uh, I used to play this game back in 1995, so it's great to see that back uh, in a virtual machine. Um, and this is using the Windows client. So the next thing I want to actually show you is leveraging that same workload from the WebAccess client. So here we are logging on to WebAccess, and we're now reconnecting to that same uh, virtual machine. So providing our username and password, logging on, and we're now playing that same game uh, even from within our web browser. Uh, so um, even things like uh, the audio direction is, uh, is coming through and you see me uh, switch a couple of times between the older graphics and the new graphics. That's a capability within this uh, remastered game to sort of show you what the graphics looked like in 1995 and are looking at uh, right now. So uh, yeah, this was uh, one of my more fun uh, demos to create, uh, obviously. It got a lot of attention uh, with it uh, as well. So uh, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so I know you have more in store, right? So I do. Let's show us the good one. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> let's do it. Yeah. Let's now switch to a heavy application, and let's uh, in this case uh, use Flight Simulator uh, 2020, which was also recently uh, released, and uh, we're now going to open it up from within uh, Windows Virtual Desktop. So as the game uh, starts to load. Uh, we'll be able to see and uh, fly around the world uh, from within our Windows Virtual Desktop uh, session. So there's a funny thing about this uh, game is that not only is it really a resource intensive in terms of uh, GPU and CPU and memory, uh, but also a lot of storage is needed to, to even be able to install this game. Uh, and I ran into that because, and you can actually see some of the graphics uh, in the introduction, but I ran into that because I was using a standard VM with an OS disk of 127 gigabytes. Uh, which apparently isn't enough to store uh, the entire uh, uh, um, game uh, on that machine. So I had to expand the OS, OS disk before I was able, was even able to, uh, to install the game. So as the introduction now uh, finishes, uh, let's uh, go ahead and actually uh, start flying. So we did uh, progress this bar, obviously, because it takes like uh, at least 10 minutes to be able to load uh, this, uh, this huge game. 
So we did speed that up a little bit for this demo. But right now you're looking at uh, the Schiphol Airport uh, in Amsterdam, and we are about to uh, to fly off. So it was interesting to see that uh, the game actually did work and was uh, leveraging a lot of the CPU. Uh, in this case, we're using the uh, NV24 uh, machine, which uh, contains uh, four dedicated uh, M60 uh, GPUs. We'll show you some of the telemetry in just a second. Uh, but let's first uh, take off. And I am not an experienced uh, flyer, so I will leave the flying to uh, my co-pilot in this case. So we're switching back to uh, the co-pilot to be able to uh, to take us off this airport and uh, well see something of the sky and the Netherlands uh, from above. So there we go. So I'm going to open uh, uh, two dialog boxes uh, here. Uh, actually, going to close this one first, and then open up uh, the GPU so that we can see that uh, in the bottom right there we have uh, that four those four dedicated GPUs uh, available. We're not even using all of them, we're just using two in this uh, scenario, uh, but it gives you a good indication that it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a heavy game in terms, of, uh, in terms of GPU. So we see some of the telemetry data in terms of uh, uh, frames per second and the bandwidth we are using. And this was one of my earlier tests uh, that I did with the, the, the latest, I'm sorry, the first version of uh, the game. Uh, eventually, a new updates for the game uh, came out, and I also updated to uh, Windows 10 2004. Uh, I updated the NVIDIA uh, driver and also updated the game itself. Uh, and even the frame rates are starting to, uh, to ramp up to uh, 23 and even 27 uh, frames per second uh, at that time. So it's pretty cool to see, uh, uh, well, in this case, uh, Schiphol Airport and a part of Amsterdam uh, from our, within our Windows Virtual Desktop uh, session. So talking about play hard, I think this is, uh, well, this is coming close, right? Definitely. Are you, any any kind of AAA class uh, video game title being able to play in WVD? I mean, that's just that's incredible to, to have that kind of performance in the cloud. Um, makes other things like uh, the the X Cloud gaming and all of that, um, you know, realistic, um, mm -hmm. and that uh, you could do all this yourself. What about uh, any other fun scenarios with WVD we can show? Yeah, there's one more uh, fun, uh, and I think we, uh, well, we've saved that, that one for the last, is uh, we've seen playing games from within Windows Virtual Desktop. So uh, the Command & Conquer and even the Flight Simulator, uh, it was running and it was uh, performing uh, pretty good. So I was thinking uh, uh, a couple of uh, weeks ago is uh, why not turn that around? And instead of playing a game from within Windows Virtual Desktop, let's try to leverage Windows Virtual Desktop from within a game. And that's the next demo uh, I want to show you uh, today. Uh, this well, game has been out there for, for many, many years, and so my kids are playing it uh, as well. It allows you to build uh, uh, worlds like uh, sceneries and buildings and uh, nature and stuff like that. Uh, so we're going to leverage that to, um, to see some of the uh, windows with the desktop from within that game. So we're launching the game, and we're going to uh, log on and start uh, the world that I called uh, the WVD world. And if you're familiar with with uh, Minecraft, you will probably recognize uh, the world once it's, uh, it uh, shows here. This is your average uh, Minecraft uh, world, right? We have uh, the grass, the trees, uh, the animals, a small house here, and uh, well, some animals that I uh, placed in this uh, little farm. Uh, but more interestingly, if the user now turns around, there is a huge uh, screen here showing what appears to be a screenshot of uh, the web access client. Uh, but it is, in fact, not a screen. Uh, shot. It is a live running uh, version, so we're able to uh, interact with it, click on it, uh, while still being in the game, uh, and logging on to this Windows Virtual Desktop uh, machine. 
So conveniently, there is a keyboard available uh, in this machine uh, in this world as well. So I enter in uh, my username, uh, and I'm switching now uh, to the password. And again, uh, using the same uh, keyboard to answer my uh, to add my password here. And obviously, I uh, should have forced myself to use MFA even in my own world. Uh, but for the sake of the demo, I did not. But here is Windows Virtual Desktop running from within the game. Oh, wow. And uh, I was impressed, even myself, when I saw this uh, for the first time. And they said you were able to take a look at it from different angles and to see uh, how it actually uh, works. And it, it uh, well, it really shows, uh, that, uh, really, um, well, that's a good experience. So we can actually interact with it as well, open up applications, in this case, uh, the Windows Explorer, uh, and interact with it. Obviously, you know, I have to fly towards the screen to be able to click something, uh, but that's not important. The, the idea here is that we're actually leveraging Windows Virtual Desktop from within uh, a game. So um, yeah, I was I was able I was impressed by uh, the graphics and uh, you know, the brightness of the screen uh, from within this uh, world. And during the the creation of this demo, it's also started to rain a couple of times, so I had to switch uh, uh, those weather things off. But you could actually see the rain coming down on the screen while we're still uh, looking at it. So uh, that was uh, was another fun experiment uh, to do. So uh, yeah, did that. Uh, well, how do you enjoy that? Do you use there or anything extra that's uh, special about this setup? Yeah. So uh, in this case, I'm, I'm leveraging um, the Minecraft game for my my local uh, machine, uh, and I'm logging on to the web access uh, of the, the web access of uh, Windows Virtual Desktop. And in this case, it is uh, it is it is also a GPU empowered uh, machine, but for this demo, it doesn't really matter because, as you've seen, it's not about the performance uh, on this uh, screen. As humans, you have uh, like uh, a lot of frames that you need. It's, it starts to stutter, uh, obviously. Uh, but um, yeah, that's the setup that I used. So I used that a custom, uh, a couple of custom building blocks that allow you to build this screen and then attach a uh, well a virtual computer on it. Uh, and the other interesting thing is that. Um, I've been doing this demo a couple of times, obviously, in the past uh, as well. And I was, when I was looking towards the uh, monitoring of this uh, Windows Virtual Desktop uh, environment, the log analytics and the Azure monitoring, I could actually tell uh, which uh, client they were using uh, to connect to this uh, to this machine. And it was a Windows 8 machine running a Chrome browser. So that was an interesting <laughs> uh, detail uh, to see. Uh, but uh, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of fun creating this demo, uh, for sure. That's great. Lots of uh, great examples of, of working hard and playing hard. Uh, thanks, Freak. Can, can you tell uh, our viewers how they can get in touch with you, maybe follow you on social media? Yeah, for sure. I'm happy to connect on, uh, well, both LinkedIn and uh, and Twitter, uh, at Adverson, if you want to uh, connect. Uh, feel so free to check out my blog post, uh, themicroplatform.net. And uh, yeah, happy to connect and engage and uh, talk about this stuff uh, some more as well. That's great. Thanks very much. And thank you for joining us today for the second episode of Desktops in the Cloud. Be sure that you uh, subscribe to our channel here so that uh, you, you get all of our latest updates. Hit the notification bell. Give us some comments down below on how you want to see us use this channel. And uh, if you want to get on Desktops in the Cloud, go to our website and submit a form there or contact us on social media. We look forward to seeing you in our next episode.